But who's Johnny Maitland? Why? Who is he? He's a good man, young, strong as a lion. What about him? He's a man I'll have to beat. Young Johnny Maitland. Uh, tough competition. Yeah, maybe. Just don't sound like him wanting to be a marshal. But if it's true, if he's out to get the job, I think I can handle him. cry of Hyo Silver has echoed through the years from the wild and untamed west of yesterday. It has acted as a symbol of courage to the oppressed, a challenge to the lawless. Let us return to the west of old and thrill to another of the Lone Ranger's stories featuring the most picturesque and colorful character ever to ride the plains and prairies. Welcome to The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger lives by a code of conduct. This conduct consists of two major parts, the Lone Ranger Creed and a set of guidelines. One of the Lone Ranger's creeds is that God put the firewood there, but that every man must gather and light it himself. The Lone Ranger is part of the Life Podcast Network. Our goal is to keep adding shows to our network that bring you good, family-friendly content. If you're interested in becoming involved with our podcast network, please go to lifepodcast.net and click on the Contact Us page. We're also working on a monthly live broadcast designed to connect Lone Ranger enthusiasts. Sign up at our Facebook page to keep up to date. And now, let's listen to another great tale of the Lone Ranger. With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness, have come down to us through the generations. And nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of a great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. We're heading for Mountain City. Oh, Silver. Hoy! For years, the fur trappers had come down from the mountains in summertime to Great Meadows. There they sold their furs to the agents of the various companies and bought supplies for the coming winter. In time, a permanent settlement grew up, and Mountain City became the fur capital of the West. It boasted a post office, stores and cafes, and the warehouses of the Great Western and the Webster Company. But the town slept through the winter and only came to life with the first stirring of spring. Then the tents of the trappers covered the meadow, and Mountain City came into its own. Colorful, exciting, and roaring with the vitality of thousands of men released from their winter prisons. Howdy, Al. Oh, Johnny Maitland, welcome. <laughs> the first drinks are on the house. Oh, thanks. Now, when did you get in? <laughs> Just now. I haven't even pitched my tent yet. Uh, where were you first? I got an engine watching him for me. Uh, how'd you do, Johnny? Oh, fine. Oh, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> What's the news, Al? Well, the big news is the election. Election? Yeah. 
You'll be sorry to hear that old Mike died last month. We haven't got a marshal anymore. Oh, that's too bad. So we got to elect another one. But that don't have much to do with those trappers. What I want to know it is... It sure does. You see, the folks that live here all the year round had a meeting. And we decided that one of you boys ought to be the marshal for the summer. Why? Why, because the most of us are too busy. Well, that goes for the trappers, too. They'll be busy having a good time from now until fall. Oh, it ain't the same thing. And then we want somebody that's young and strong and a dead shot. Somebody like you, Johnny. <laughs> Thanks for the kind words, but I don't want to be a lawman. Well, you wouldn't refuse the job if you was elected, would you? Hey, you aren't serious, are you? I sure am. Your name's been mentioned a lot. And we got to have a good marshal this year. This year? Well, there's been outlaws at work between here and Salt Lake City. Two of the great western wagon trains have been held up. And just last week, the warehouse was raided right here in town. But that was before the trappers started coming in. Outlaws are sure steer clear from now on. Hey, uh, do you know all the men who were camped out in the meadows? Not all of them, of course not. How could I? Neither do I. There's no way of telling, Johnny. That outlaw gang might be camping out there with you. Yeah, they could be, but that's I... why we got to have a good marshal. And whether you like it or not, I think you're going to be it. But there were other men who had different ideas about the election. One of them was Harry Sedley, the Mountain City manager of the Webster Company. He leaned across his desk toward the steely-eyed man who sat opposite him. You'll have to learn to smile, Rance. <laughs> like this? You can do better if you keep trying. Got to make the men around here like you. When you hired me, Seely, there wasn't anything in our agreement about wearing a badge. Well, we've got a job ahead. It'll help to have the law on our side. It always makes it safer. Yeah. That's why you're going to be the marshal of Mountain City. Well, I'll follow orders when they suit me. They'll always suit you if it puts enough money in your pockets. Remember that. Have you uh, been talking to the men, buying them drinks? Oh, sure. What do they think of the election? Yeah, not much. But who's Johnny Maitland? Why? Who is he? Well, he's a good man, young, strong as a lion. What about him? He's a man I'll have to beat. Young Johnny Maitland. Uh, tough competition. Yeah, maybe. Just don't sound like him wanting to be a marshal. But if it's true, if he's out to get the job, I think I can handle him. If I can't, well, we'll get rid of him. Just at dusk, Tonto rode into the camp, high above the meadows where the Lone Ranger was waiting for him. Oh, 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 the only two leaders of the Black Arrow left are Webster and Brunson Page. And they're behind bars. We can feel sure the Legion will never spring up again. That's right. Let's talk about the election. Uh, Johnny Maitland get here. That's good. I hope he'll take the job. Hunter, watch first for him when him go to town to meet other fella. Has any other name been mentioned? Ah. Rance Corby. Him friend of Sedley. I don't like that. I think Sedley's as much of a crook as a man who hires him. When you consider that only the great western wagon trains have been held up, it's 
possible that Sedley himself was behind those robberies. Maybe so. We'll have to keep a close watch on him. And on Rance Corby, too. Yeah, you better help me with the disguise, Kimosabe. We're both going into Mountain City tonight. Sure do need to be marshal, Johnny. I'll be dogged if I want to. The election's on Saturday. I'd like to shake your hand, Johnny Maitland. Huh? Oh, sure. I don't place your face exactly. You don't know me. My name's Rance Corby. I just happened to hear you and Al talking. About the marshal business? Yeah. (laughs) Some of the boys have been asking me to run. Oh, is that right? Well, listen to this, Al. I'm listening. You see, I was one of Wild Bill Hickok's deputies in Abilene. Why, then you're our man. But I don't want to be marshal any more than you do. It's your duty. Back me up, Al. One of Wild Bill's deputies. What more could you ask for? There seems to be an awful lot of deputies from Abilene floating around the country. We had a big job to do, Al. Uh-huh. You can't get out of this, Rance. We won't take no for an answer. The election's on Saturday, and you're the only one that's going to be nominated. Hello. Uh-huh. I'll be right here. Bad news, Kimosabe. Johnny Maitland isn't going to run for the marshal's job. What that? He's young. He doesn't like to accept responsibility. That isn't the main reason. And what do you mean? Rance Corby told him he was one of Wild Bill Hickok's deputies. Oh, that's not true. If they ever rode the same trail, then Bill was chasing him. Ah. But we can't prove that. We've got to make Johnny change his mind. And how you do that? We need some help. There's a friend of ours inside who can give it to us. Uh, Who that? Old Jeremy Blackwood. He didn't recognize me in this disguise, but he'll know you. You go in and get him. Meet me on the edge of town where we left the horses. Uh, How to do that? I make sure Johnny can hear me. Then I start asking Rance all those questions. I'll make myself so plain obnoxious that Rance will have to get mad at me. I've been watching him. Won't take much to get him on the prod. And afterwards? I I know. Johnny ain't the kind to stand by and see a poor, weak old critter like me get abused. (laughs) You, You just leave it to me. So you say your name is Rance Corby. That's right, old-timer. Buy you a drink? Nope. I'm sort of particular about the armies I drink with. Meaning what? Wasn't you called Black Pete once? No. Didn't you get rid out of Cheyenne on a rail? No. Well, Black Pete sure did. You're just about the same build as him. Got the same sneaky look around the eyes, too. You're looking for trouble, mister, and you're going to get it. Yes, sir. More I see of you, the sure I am. That's just the way Black Pete had talked to a poor old man like me. I never heard of Black Pete. Never been in Cheyenne, and I'm not a crook. I want you to know I was one of Hickok's deputies in Abilene. Uh-huh. In 72? Yeah, in 72. But while Bill wasn't anywhere close to Abilene in 72, he was in the east with Bill Cody. That just shows you're trying to make yourself out something you ain't. Shut up. Ah, not me. I'm just old enough I can speak my piece whenever I've a mind to... And the army that lays a hand on me is nothing but a low-down, sneaking coyote. So now I'm a coyote. I'll show you what... Help him! He's going to kill me! Get your hands off him, Rick! Hey, did you hear what he was talking to me? Seems to me he got you dead to rights about Abilene. You saying I'm lying? You sure got mixed up on your dates. Well, what if I did? 
Anybody can make a mistake, can't they? That's their privilege. But they can't lay a hand on Jeremy when I'm around, no matter what he says. That's right, Johnny. You stick up for the old man. If you want to get this settled, you can do it with me. Guns or fists, it don't make no difference. Name your poison. I take care. Yeah, you got no fight with Johnny. Siddley, you sure aren't asking me to back down. With... You got no fight with Johnny. Just a few minutes ago, you were telling me how much you liked him. But that old maverick called me a crook and a coyote. Well, you'll just have to put up with Jeremy the way the rest of us do. Now offer your hand to Johnny and tell him there ain't no hard feelings. Uh, uh, there ain't no hard feelings, Johnny. Will you... Will you shake? Yeah, I'll shake. But I've changed my mind about one thing. What's that? You aren't the man to be our marshal. I'm going out for that job myself. <laughs> that old coyote get your coat just when we had it in the bag. With Johnny Maitland behind you, you couldn't have lost. But now what chance have we got? Well... Well, what? You got an excuse? You said if we couldn't handle him, we could uh, get rid of him. I'm waiting to hear how. Huh. You're so smart, it ought to be easy. Uh, wait a minute. I think I got it. Johnny's partner. What's his name? Ed, uh, Ed Lafferty. There's nobody with that name around here. Oh, he's got a girl named Rose O'Brien. Her father owns a ranch somewhere between here and Salt Lake. He went to see her instead of coming to Mountain City. What about it? You've got a sample of the way Johnny acts when his friends are in trouble. Now, if he was to get a message from Ed, or from the girl, that would be better. Why, he'd be in a saddle on his way there in ten minutes. Well, what good does that do? He don't have to be here to get elected. He won't be coming back, Rance. There's a hundred places between here and Salt Lake where you can ambush them. You can take your pick. Al, Jeremy, I gotta be leaving town. What's up? An engine brought me this note this morning. Read it. Uh, just a second, I'll get my specs out. Oh, never mind, I'll tell you what it says. It's from Rose. Ed's in some kind of trouble. He wants me to get to the ranch as fast as I can make it. So long, James. Oh, oh, hold up there, Johnny. Oh, there's no stopping him now. I don't like this, Al. I don't like this one little bit. I'm going to find that engine that brought the note. So I did, Masked Man. I found this running fox, and he admitted he gave Johnny the note. But I'm willing to swear I saw the same engine in town not three days ago. He had a scar on his cheek. Right about here. Ah. Come to see him, too. Then he couldn't have brought any message from the ranch. Right. Uh, here. Take a look at the note. This doesn't look like a girl's handwriting. Well, that's what I say. Quick, Tonto, into the saddle. Huh? Tonto, ready. We'll try to overtake him, Jeremy. Go to it! Come on, Silver! Get him up! Get him up! Help, Silver! Hi! The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Next time on The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger. We'd better... You look, Kimasabi. A horse without a rider running the bend of the trail. That Johnny's horse. We're too late. Can't afraid so. We'll catch the horse and find Johnny. And if we can't do anything for him, we'll go after the crooks and fire those shots. Come on, Silver. Come on, Silver. 
The Moral Code, Tales of the Lone Ranger, is part of the Life Podcast Network, a group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Some of the audio for this podcast was provided by the archive.org online database.